You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. That is right, another edition of the FUVFC Podcast, and we got a good one for you here again. Christian Hoven, Jackson Heil here with you, and Christian, I mean, kind of in the final stretch, you could say, of this soccer season, so to speak, we got... Champions League semifinals, domestic cup in England, FA Cup finishing up in the coming weeks. And also, we got some big news with Player of the Year stuff. So, should be a fun show, but how are you doing today? I'm doing so, so well. The Sixers won last night on to the second round. It's a great day. Can't complain. I mean, Mick Mill is finally out of prison. He's out. And we could talk about that more, but again, this is a <laughs> FUVFC podcast, but so we'll get to that. Just a quick rundown here for you. We'll start with Liverpool-Roma yesterday, which pretty impressive result from Liverpool once again, who just continued to dominate in the first leg of Champions League, of the Champions League Cup. I mean, 5-2 yesterday, solid, two goals, two assists. We'll get to him being named PFA Player of the Year as well as the PFA Team of the Year. Not many transgressions for me there. I thought they did a pretty good job with that overall but we'll touch on that after. Then we'll get into the other Champions League semifinal, which starts today, Bayern Munich and Real Madrid in Munich today. That should be a good one. The ageless wonders of Bayern trying to take down. Real is going for Champions League title number three in a row, which would yeah, be Yeah, and number impressive. 13 overall. Yep, so trying to take down the kings of Europe for sure. And then we'll talk about what I want to get to, especially with you with Manchester United beating Tottenham. This past weekend, and what not 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 a thriller necessarily, but no, it was a little bit of a boring c- match. Certainly but. a good match for sure, especially mm-hmm. on my end, beating being a United fan. And then we won't talk about Chelsea Southampton too much, as that was pretty obvious of what the result was going to be. But mm-hmm. quick look ahead to the the FA Cup final coming on the nineteenth of March, potentially maybe taking a look at why Michael Oliver was named the official along with the VAR, which I know you. The two the two with. things that I have most recently done rants about <laughs> on this podcast, VAR and Michael Oliver. I mean, we had the Michael Oliver situation. I don't know how we got another big game after the whole debacle with Juventus and Real Madrid. But quickly just on him, I, I know we got to get into the show, but it's funny because last time, Real, last, last year when we were talking about Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, you remember, I don't know if you remember last year in the quarterfinal when they were going about to go to extra time, and Arturo Vidal got sent off for a pretty good challenge, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He got he looked like he got the ball, and then Real Madrid ended up scoring three goals in extra time to go to the semifinals. But overall, that guy is just – it's every time it seems like Real Madrid's involved in some capacity, and Michael Oliver there, it, the result is pretty predictable. Yeah, I mean – I already did my rant, so go listen to the previous shows <laughs> if you haven't heard my rant on Michael Oliver. But it's it's mind-boggling how he got another big match like the FA Cup final. I mean, it, it's hard to describe how bad he is, and especially in the biggest spots. But that's for an, another discussion for another day. Let's start with Roma and Liverpool. 5-2 to two, Liverpool at Anfield. And there, you just can't say enough about Salah. I mean, the guy is tremendous. Two goals, two assists yesterday. He was involved in literally everything, and that first goal was just one of the best goals I've seen all year. Yeah, it was an absolutely ridiculous performance by that entire front three. Um, They all scored two each for Salah and Firmino, and Mane had his. Um, James Milner was fantastic again. Um, The one thing that does concern me about Liverpool, and I could heap praise on Liverpool 
all day. Five goals against Roma's defense is ridiculous. Um, but I, I could heap praise on them all day. But the one thing that concerns me about a Jurgen Klopp-led team is the lack is is the is just losing focus at the end of the match. They lost focus for a little bit at the end of the match and gave up two goals. There should this this should be no contest going into the second leg. It should be five nil. Liverpool should coast through the second leg with their B lineup and not even worry about it. But they lost focus for a little bit at the end, a bad mistake by Dejan Lovren to let that first goal in, and then a careless handball to let the second goal in, to let the penalty. I mean, I know it's tough to pull your hand in, but he's just yeah. holding his arm out in the box, and yep. that's an easy save for carries if it doesn't hit Milner's hand. Yep. So, like, it's just – and even get letting him get in the position to shoot that ball. So it should be no contest going into the second leg. But Roma did this last time, down three with the yep. away goals. I mean, there's a little bit of that – can Roma do it again? And it, there shouldn't be that at all. It and, should be 5-0. And not to mention against the Barcelona side, who is yeah. in, much better in quality in, yeah, than, against Liverpool, instead yeah. of Liverpool. Yeah. So you mentioned that the comeback is possible, and obviously I'll, I'll take— I would, say, I would say it's more plausible than plausible. possible. Yeah, I mean, again, we saw it happen just a few weeks ago with Roma against Barcelona in Rome, but in terms of— Aside that, it could be done against. Obviously, you mentioned Liverpool losing focus at the end of matches. Not to mention that they're very weak in the back, and that front three has taken so much pressure off of that yeah. back four. So that's the one thing that worries me. If Klopp kind of steps back a little bit, he didn't do it against Manchester City, which well, impressed me a little bit. Well, the thing is, he did a little bit. That first half against in Manchester the- City was absolutely dominant performance from City, and it should they should have had two goals that's if that fair. one wasn't wrongly waved off mm-hmm. at the end of the. Uh, first yeah, I mean, half. they came out and scored in the first minute of that game. And yeah. I, I will say this. They, Klopp did adjust in the second half. I'll give mm-hmm. him some credit Yeah, I mean, there. yeah. He, d- he did adjust, but they need to keep that focus for mm-hmm. a full 90 minutes. And that's 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 what scares me. I think they're going to get through. I don't think Roma have another comeback in them. But that's what scares me in a final. Mm-hmm. That losing focus. I mean, Roma are a great side. But Dejan Lovren against... Roma's front three is a little different than Dejan Levin against Real Madrid or Bayern Munich's front attack. Having to go up against Edin Dzeko instead of Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. Frank or, Ribery, or Lara, Robert Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Yeah. That, that, that could be trouble. <laughs> and Dzeko's a great striker, but he's not Lewandowski and he's not Ronaldo. I, I will say this about Liverpool. I, I think they're a team that, I mean, we've seen them have so many big performances this year. And then also have so many duds like they did yeah, I at mean, Old Trafford. You you don't know what you're getting. And yeah, you have no idea what you're getting. They they beat Roma five two yesterday. Uh, this weekend they drew with West Brom, who are yep. dead last in the league. They drew two two. And did they lose to West Brom earlier in the in FA the year? Cup? Yep. That, they that's how they got knocked out of the FA Cup. They lost to West Brom. So I, that's the thing. You don't you have no idea what you're getting from this side in general. But I. The thing about Liverpool is when they've had to play the best competition this year, they have pretty much stepped up yeah, to they, the challenge. They, they Obviously, play to City. their competition. So that would be a team that would potentially worry me if I'm Real or Bayern, which we'll get to in just a moment. But, I mean, they have the firepower, obviously, up front to beat a team like that. And especially if our Real Madrid, who I think have one of the more overrated back fours in all of, all of Europe, I, I think... That could be a, a real matchup where Liverpool may – again, it, this is a big if, but that's a team that could Liverpool could pot three in 30 minutes. I, I think I think a Real Madrid-Liverpool Champions League final oh would be God. ridiculous. It would be like 6-5. <laughs> there would be goals abound. 
Ronaldo and Salah each with hat tricks. It'd be wild. It'd be absolutely crazy. I would love that. Let's stick with Salah for a moment. He was named PFA Player of the Year this year. And listen, I'm not saying that it wasn't expected because I think the outcome of this was pre- it was pretty much going to be Salah regardless. Regardless, and he's deserved it. Obviously, 31 goals in 33 Premier League games this year. He's probably going to set the record for goals in a season at this point. But I look at Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. And I see a player there who is the architect of arguably the best attack, almost you could argue ever in the Premier League history, mm-hmm. and I, I I think there was a case there that might have gotten overlooked by the PFA. Yeah, and I I do want to say this: Mo Salah was the best player in the Premier yes. League this season, but that doesn't mean he should have been the PFA Player of the Year. The la- for a long time, it was just the best player in, in the Premier League. It was uh, Gareth Bale won it a couple times mm-hmm. when Tottenham didn't win the title, and et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't, but the last three years, the PFA Player of the Year has been the best player on the championship winning team. Yep. It was N'Golo Conte last year. It was Riyad Mahrez when Leicester won, and it was Eden Hazard the year before. It, it has evolved into an award that is the best player on the team that wins the title, which is fine, but you got to stick with that because – Yes, Mo Salah was clearly a better player than Kevin De Bruyne this year. Kevin De Bruyne had a fantastic season. But yes, Mo Salah was clearly better than him. But two years ago, Harry Kane was clearly the best player in the Premier League yep. over Riyad Mahrez. That was, that was going to be my next thing. I was but waiting Les- for you to bring but that up. But Leicester won the title, so Riyad Mahrez mm-hmm. got it. And that's fine. I have no complaints about that. But Harry Kane was clearly a better player. Yep. So if that's what you're going to do, stick with it, and it should be Kevin De Bruyne as player of the year. But if you're not going to do that, then let's retroactively go back and take that player of the year from Riyad Mahrez and give it to <laughs> Harry Kane, who deserved it. Here, here's the weird thing about it, because Sal is obviously a tremendous story. Like, comes over for only, thir- was it like 36 mil from, what was he was at Roma last year. He was at year. Roma, yeah. And it's a great story, obviously. He's 25 years old, lights up the Premier League in his first season back after he was kind of a was- dud in Chelsea. Not to mention, two player, the two players that probably finished in the top two were guys who Mourinho didn't want to start. I'd thought I had to mention that first off but if you're gonna be if you're gonna make this award like you said if it's gonna be the best player on the best team then you got to stay consistent with that I don't agree with that mindset in general I I don't I think you should take the best player in general in the league because value is value wherever you put it you put Salah on Manchester City he's gonna provide more value than what De Bruyne had but if you're gonna stick with the same theme year to year then you should they the award should have gone to De Bruyne. Yeah, I don't mind either way if you go best player in the best team or best player overall, but stay consistent. Yep, I I, com- I completely agree with that. And listen, there were some outside cases that there there was no one really other outside of the Roma possibly that could have won. And I thought honestly, this might sound a little crazy and a little homerish from my side. David de Gea, one of the better yeah, years if da- of goaltending it- in in the Premier League. And again, if he if United win the title this year, which obviously is not happening. Had they won it, I think he would have had a really good case. Yeah, and there. I think I think if I were voting for player of the year, David De Gea probably would have finished third in my voting. Yep. I would have had De Bruyne, Salah, and then De Gea. Um and that that brings us to the team of the year. Yep. Um let, let's let's get to that quickly. I mean And and this is the problem with Kevin De Bruyne's case for player of the year is that there were five Manchester City players in team <laughs> of the year. And there could yep. be an argument that would that Fernandinho was snubbed. Yep. You could, Even, argue, you could you, argue Leroy Sané was snubbed Sané if you was, want to put him on the midfield. It, it, you, you could argue Sané was snubbed. You could argue that Fernandinho was sub, yeah. snubbed. I would, If I were doing the team of the year, I would only change two players. If I, if I were doing it from the players they have, let's just run through it real quick. Mm-hmm. De Gea is the keeper. That's obvious. Um, the back four, 
Marcus Alonso, Vertonghen, uh, Otamendi, and Walker, De Bruyne, Eriksen, and David Silva in the midfield, and then Aguero, Kane, and Salah up top. I would change two players. I would remove Eriksen and put in Fernandinho and have an entirely Manchester City midfield because they deserve it. And I would remove Marcus Alonso and put in Ben Davies because Ben Davies has produced the same amount of goals. Marcus Alonso, six goals, two assists. Ben Davies, two goals, six assists. Mm -hmm. But Ben Davies actually plays defense. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong there. I mean, mine, I was, I was, I listened. Silva had a great year, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him. And probably they put him in, honestly, over Sane just because you could argue the age differences might be Silva's last chance to get in the PFA side. I personally would have had Sane in terms of the performance. And if you wanted to drop Sterling to the midfield, which obviously he plays up top, but you could have put him. At, on the left side, I, you could have put him in there. If anything, I would have. I, if if I were dropping anybody for Leroy for, Sané, you could. Put, I w- if I were dropping anybody for Sané, I'd probably drop Kane and put Sané up top between on the other side of. I'd put Aguero in the middle and put Sané and Salah. I, I don't. I don't think you could take Kane out. Of I don't think. You, I don't think you can. But if I had okay. to drop somebody Fair for Sané, it would be because I can't drop Aguero or Salah based on the yep. seasons that they've had. Mm-hmm. Kane probably has had a better season than Aguero, but Aguero won the title. Yep. So, and Aguero also played. I mean, Kane, Aguero Kane's was a bench hurt. player to come. To st- Aguero was going to be on the bench to start the year for Gabriel Jesus, who got hurt, and then Aguero came off the bench, lit it up for the, the entire year. So, yeah. it, it it listen. It's hard to again. We're picking at straws here. I thought the PFA. Yeah, did they did a, did a they did a very good job did overall. Good job. I mean, I remember my first podcast year. We were looking at the team of the year in general, and they obviously that's a whole different conversation with you, including all of Europe, but. They screwed it up completely, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They did. They did a good job here, in terms of getting the best players yeah, inside and, I, I, and from the best teams. On a on a personal note, as a Tottenham fan, I'm very glad that Jan Vertonghen got the recognition he yep. deserves because he's been he's been Tottenham's best player all year. He's mm-hmm. been absolutely immense at the back. He's so composed and calm, and he's such a great tackler. And I'm very I'm very glad he got the recognition he deserves in yeah, that team of the I, year. I mean, he had a great year. I honestly, you, there was an argument. If Bai stayed healthy, I thought he would. That was just his prediction. He yeah, if, ba- if Bai stayed healthy, then I think he would, he would have replaced Otamendi. I mean, you could argue same with same goes for Pogba in terms of replacing Eriksen. If Pogba stays healthy the entire mm-hmm. year, I mean, he was off to a great start. But again, just picking at straws here, and me being the homerish Manchester United <laughs> fan that I am. Let's move on to the other Champions League semifinal. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich today. Kicking off in about 90 minutes. Yep, at the Allianz later today in Munich. That's, And we'll, we'll preview that quick, quickly right now. I mean, as I mentioned in the rundown, it's the ageless wonders of, of Bayern Munich. Frank Ribery, Iron Robin, and then you, a couple of mainstays up there. Bayern Munich just seems like if they're not the same team every year, they're just getting replacements from, from Dortmund to put into that team. And... They've kind of really haven't been talked about all that much this year. I mean, they they have a they've chance flown the, under the radar. They really bit. haven't. They have a chance at the treble this year. I mean, they've already won the German League Cup and they're going to win Bundesliga. So that's one of the more interesting storylines to me. And obviously, you have Real Madrid who struggle in league play in La Liga all year, but have really stepped up in the Champions League and probably got really lucky. Actually, not probably. They did get really lucky last week with the call on Buffon. The, the red card to Buffon, then the penalty kick in the last minute. But nonetheless, let's focus on this one. Who do you got and why? Um, I've got Bayern, and here's why. Um, there's been a lot made of Bayern's shaky form in the Champions League. Um, the nil-nil draw with Sevilla was very boring. They looked 
they looked a little lost looked even a little bit they looked disinterested honest. but in the in the three matches they've had since that draw and i know they're in the league and i know the bundesliga is not that competitive but they were playing two pretty decent teams in Mushin Gladbach and Leverkusen and they won 5-1 and 6-2 yep and then their most recent match they beat hanover 3-0 so they've scored 14 goals in their last three matches this is a team that can score in bunches and i know madrid's probably a more solid team and is probably a more dynamic team a more a flashier team but bayern can just score in bunches and Lewandowski and muller are two players who they're not gonna you know they're not gonna they're kill not, you with they're spa- with like they're not gonna kill you speed. with pace they're not gonna they're not gonna have the highlight goals that sala and ronaldo are and messi are gonna have but they're just so consistent those two and it, it's just a consistent team, and that's across two legs. Madrid has had its ups and downs all year, dips in form from Ronaldo, dips in form from other players. They've had their ups and downs all year. Mad- Munich is just consistent. Yeah, and we, we talked about a little earlier about how Real's back four is very exposable. Yeah. I mean, we saw it against Ju- a Juventus side who, I mean, listen, they have some offensive power there with Higuain and Dybala and a bunch of other players that yeah. Douglas Costa... But, but they don't have a Lewandowski. They don't Lewandowski. Have a, how is he? Fl- it's it's really baffles me. I think how he's I think he's the best. The I think he's the best striker in the world. He, he almost has forty goals. He has, I, I, I think he's thirty nine. And and the thing about Lewandowski is, I mean, the 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 attack for Juventus is very good, but they're not as clinical as Lewandowski. If you give Lewandowski an inch of space, he's going to make you pay. And that's that's what the that's the struggle that Madrid's back four has is they make great plays and they make great tackles and they win all their headers. But they're a little spacey at times, and they'll give strikers an inch or two of space, and they're not normally playing Lewandowski, so they normally get away with it. But now they're playing Lewandowski. And knowing how Real likes to push their wing backs up, that, yeah. that's going to be re- that's going to be gonna real give problem space for, for Hamas. Yeah. Big thing if 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 Hamas Hamas is that's a big storyline here because Hamas didn't play against Hanover. It's kind of questionable for the first leg today. They. Regardless of whether he plays today, you can kind of you can maybe get by without him. Yeah, today. especially since it's the home leg. Make sure he's ready to oh, go absolutely. back to Madrid because because he's gonna he's gonna be so motivated. Yep. If if it if it's if it means you're not sure if he's gonna play at Madrid in a couple weeks, leave him out today. Yep, um, I completely because that. they're good enough without him to get to get a win at home. And just going back to like playing the wing, I mean, with Mar- you know Marcelo's gonna push up. You know, whoever they put it right back is going to push up as well, and you have two of the, one of the wingers who have two wingers who have been here for so long in Ribery and Robin on the outside. I mean, if you have the experience there, Real's going to have to be really careful with the way they attack. Yeah, this and game. and that's and that's the thing. I mean, people. I mean, obviously Real have won the last two Champions Leagues, so people are saying, well, nobody's as you know experienced and battle tested as Madrid. I mean, Except for those, those two, two players. particular players on yeah. Bayern Munich are in Robin and Frank Ribery, who have been around seemingly forever and are still really, really good players and can yeah. cause a lot of problems for especially. I mean, there's been some questions at uh, right back for Madrid. Yep. I mean, Ribery's on the left side, right? Yeah, Ribery's yeah, so, gonna be playing the left. Yeah, so I mean, Marcelo's a great left back, the best left back in the world. So you can see, you can he's, see how they're he's great, but he loved that he, he, he gets caught to, where he, he pushes. He loves up to too push much. forward. He he gets caught up, and Robin is smart and knows that and can sneak in behind him. And Ribery on the left, uh, no, I don't know who's playing at right back for Madrid. Yep. There's some questions. It's it's very plausible that you see a a 
Munich win today by more than one goal. Yep, and that that I think they almost have to win by more than one going yeah. back to Madrid just because yeah. we know what they can do at home. They struggled in the quarterfinal at the Bernabeu, but that's a team obviously with Ronaldo and Benzema who they 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 could just do so much damage. And interesting to see, I'm and the whole thing with Gareth Bale really has baffled me with his playing time there. I I think they have to let him. They just have to let him play he's, at, he's, at some point. He's so talented. He's when he's healthy and on form he is a top five player in the world I genuinely yep. believe that he's remarkable I mean that that goal he scored in um the what was it the Copa del Rey final a couple oh years gosh, ago when he, when he got up, shoved yep, out of bounds took and it completely the ran all the way around Jordi that, Alba I just remember my jaw dropping when I saw yeah. that that was incredible when when he when Spurs sold him to Madrid. He was the most expensive player in the history of soccer for a good reason. Yep. I mean, it's obviously been eclipsed because transfer spending has gotten out of control yep. recently. But he was the most expensive player in history at the time for very good reason. Mm-hmm. He was a he is a phenomenal player when he's healthy and on form. That that that's the guy that's the difference maker for me for Real. I mentioned James before is the difference for Bayern Munich for me personally, just because yeah, one he's that. got a huge chip on his shoulder and pl- he's playing against the side that that loaned him out to Bayern Munich. And two, I mean he just had he just had so much creativity in the middle and can really distribute the ball out wide to the Robins and Reveries of the world and find play through balls up top to Lewandowski and, and have him finish. And there's a story today that um if Bayern Munich make it to the final, then um they would hopefully be getting Manuel Neuer back for the final. Yeah, I was I was just reading about that. They were hoping he'd. I mean, he hasn't played in like what was it seven months? He hasn't. Yeah, but played o- a game Ulrich in, has been. But, oh, I'm, fine. I'm not not not, yeah. not saying that he hasn't. But I mean, the ex, I wouldn't bank on. I, you can't bank no, on getting yeah. him back. Well, you I can't mean, bank he's on a getting him back. Thirty-two-year-old goalie who's what he's broken his foot like three times mm-hmm. of recently, which it it obviously stinks because he's was the best goalie in the world before this, but nonetheless. Beyond, I think Bayern, like you said, I think they'll go through. I think it'll be – we're going to see a lot of goals in this matchup like we did last mm-hmm. year between yeah. them in the quarterfinal. But nonetheless, let's move on to the FA Cup now, what I've been waiting for to talk about for a little bit. I know Christian might be resenting this, but United 2-1 to one over the weekend against Tottenham. And Tottenham dominated probably the first 20 to 30 minutes of that game. I thought they got the goal when Erickson kind of – was able to free himself from Pogba down the right side and then a great cross to Deli Alley to put them up one nothing. but then great response by United. They come back, Pogba gets the interception from Dembele and a great cross to Alexi Sanchez, who's finally finding some form here. But overall, I mean, another tough break for Tottenham to be, ro- not say robbed of another trophy, but that title just keeps eluding Mauricio Pochettino. Yeah, and... The th- the thing about that match was, I think what you saw was Moussa Dembele's age catching up with him because he's been phenomenal this season, but he, he's he just he's been getting player. tired. He was their best player in the in the Juventus tie. Yeah. I thought. I mean, I thought and he was the best player by mile, and he str- he's, he did struggle this he's, weekend. He's he's str- he's been struggling the last few weeks, and I think it's because he's he's older and it's a long season playing with uh, playing in the Champions League, getting this far in the FA Cup, and he's been playing most ma- most matches in the league. He's just older, and what, what happens when Dembele slows down a little bit because he's tired is not that he struggles, it's just that he drops further back, which means mm-hmm. Christian Eriksen drops further back, which means Tottenham get less creative mm-hmm. because he's not uh, he's not up front creating chances and for Dele Alley. It also forces Harry Kane to drop back and try to try to lead the rush. Yeah, Harry, when 
Dembele drops back and Erickson drops back, Harry Kane drops back and becomes kind of a false nine. He doesn't yep. become a true striker anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, it just causes problems. And it all stems back, comes back to to any struggle that Tottenham has had this year, honestly, in my mind, comes back to Victor Wanyama being hurt all year. Because last season, his first season with Tottenham, he started every match in the league. He was phenomenal in the midfield all season for Tottenham and one of the most underrated players in the league last season. And he's been hurt all year, so they've had to rely on Dembele and Dyer a lot more. Mm-hmm. And Dembele's slowed down because he's like 32. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, Wanyama gives Dembele a break. At, at the very least, I mean, yeah. he was trem- he had a tremendous season last year, but the fact that he's been hurt, as you mentioned, Dembele's been forced into a bigger role, and for the most part, has lived up lived up to it for sure. But obviously, he's kind of dropped back a little bit yeah. in form, and just because of the the kind of the legs that he's he doesn't have them like he used to when he was twenty five years old. And and to and to quickly address, I mean, United deserve the win, and I think that mm-hmm. with the form that they've been on as of late. I think that they're clearly the favorites in the final, and I hope they win the final. Um, but to to go back to the trophy eluding Pochettino, before Pochettino got to Spurs, Spurs were a team that were consistently fifth or sixth in the Premier League, mm-hmm. always missing out on Champions League. They'd had a few years where they made runs in the Champions League, made it into the top yep. four, and made runs in the Cup. But they had, like every other team, like top team in the Premier League they had ups and down years Pochettino hasn't had a down year what he's trying to do is he's trying to build a team that's consistently top four and then make runs from there and he and this is a team that in his time has finished third second now they're going to finish fourth this year and have another Champions League spot what he's trying to do is just build a solid foundation of moving Tottenham from a top five team to a top four team and then going from there, then building from there. So I think missing out on trophies, there's pressure from media for him to get tr- from the media for him yeah. to get trophies. But I don't think anybody within Tottenham is as concerned about trophies as the media is putting pressure on Tottenham. I think he's trying to build a foundation and then go for trophies from there. Yeah, I- I've seen a lot in the media that like you can't call him an elite manager until he wins a trophy, which I don't necessarily agree with. I, I honestly think he's. You could argue he, at- outside of. Guardiola, he's probably the best manager in England, and I, I don't think there's really any any doubt there. I mean, you can make an on- argument for Conte maybe, but like you said, he's brought in Tottenham to another level in terms yeah. of consistently top four and top three potentially, and they're making runs in the cup. I mean, it's not like they've come close. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like- kind of just been the story that... He's come so close a few times, like he did in the FA Cup this year. Yeah, and, and it, it they should have gotten by. Juventus. It wouldn't be as much of a story if he wasn't getting as close. Like if he went out a few rounds ago, like Liverpool, nobody's talking about. Yeah. If if Liverpool loses in the Champions League final, nobody's going to be talking about how Klopp missed out on a trophy. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yep. Be, but Pochettino loses, and Klopp and Pochettino have what the same amount of trophies <laughs> in England. Yep. But nobody's going to be talking about Klopp. Yep. I, I mean. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll give Klopp a little more credit just because I feel like at times he's had less to work with. This year's a little different with having the best player in the Premier League. But, I mean, Liverpool have screwed up so many transfers in the years since they sold Suarez that I'll give I'll give, I'll cut a little slack to Klopp. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's, and not, I, and that's again, not to say that Klopp should have that pressure. Yep. I don't think that I don't think that the managers outside I don't think that a manager outside of Guardiola or Mourinho should have that pressure right now. Yep. Um, but there is not that pressure that exists for Klopp the way there is the pressure that exists for Pochettino. And 
just sticking on Marino, Mourinho for a second, I've given him a ton of crap this year, and mm-hmm. and at times it has been deserving. But I will say this about him: second half of the season now, he's beaten City, Liverpool, Tottenham, and Chelsea all in the second half of the year. Yeah, so they've, they've, I'll get I'll give him that credit. Second half of the year, United have been the best mm-hmm. team in the Premier League. Yep. I'd agree with that. I mean, and that's part of because City were able to drop off after being so tremendous in the first mm-hmm. half yeah, of they, the season. They eased up off the yeah. gas a little bit. But United have been fantastic. I mean, Alexis Sanchez was a huge addition. Paul Pogba yeah. recently has Pogba's looked been, like— he, He's been he, the best player. He's looked, in the he's looked like Paul lately. Pogba mm-hmm. in the last few weeks. Um, and it Lukaku has been playing well. and He's he proved me wrong for yeah, sure. Yeah, he, he got off to a slow start, but— once he got his feet under him at United, he's been playing well, and the, they look like, at this point, they look like the best team in the Premier League. They're, I think they're the clear favorites in the FA Cup final. Chelsea have been up and down on form, and I think th- I am not convinced by Chelsea's back four. I think United are going to be able to score on them a lot, and I'm not convinced by their midfield. They only mm-hmm. have one midfielder uh, in Conte who I think can hang with um, Manchester United's midfield. Yep. Um, I think Chelsea. I think in the FA Cup final. Chelsea is going to greatly regret selling Nemanja Matic <laughs> to Manchester United because oh, I, I think so. I think he's going to I think Conte is going to have the assignment of Pogba all day and I think he's got a pretty good chance of restraining Pogba mm-hmm. a little bit but they don't have anybody who can contain Matic. Yep. No, and, no and I, creating I, chances. I, I agree with you. I, I think United have the clear clear favorite clear in, yeah. in not only in the midfield but also up top. I mean, Drew scored a phenomenal. Two goals against Southampton, but again, that's reversing a much different animal. The thing is, I'm not super convinced in general by United center backs, but when you're playing against Chelsea, the physicality of United center center backs is hugely important. Especially, it depends on who they start. If it's Alvaro Morata, Mm -hmm. he's going to get bullied by those United center backs, and he's not going to be able to create anything. Which is why, if I were Mourinho, I'd start Giroud. But that's neither here nor there. I think United are the clear favorites. Quickly, before we go, is this Conte's last run as Chelsea manager? Will the FA Cup be his final game? Yes. I I, I have to agree with you there. Um, unless, unless he makes a shock run back into the top four. I mean, he's got five points to make up in four weeks against Tottenham, who have an easy schedule, and Chelsea still have to play Liverpool in the league. Unless he makes a shock run back into the top four, I think he's done. Chris. You, Christian, thank you as always, and tend to agree with you that. Another edition of FUVFC. Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for the episode next week and enjoy Real Madrid Bayern Munich.